we start this morning on an important topic and one that, as you well know, we have covered in pretty enormous detail over the years on this show. Overcrowding, a pressing problem in emergency units throughout the country, but particularly here at UHL. Here's just a little reminder of some of the Limerick Today coverage of the issue. Our health service has been decimated over the last couple of years. Um, I think it was the biggest crime against humanity to close down A&E's in Innes, Nina and St John's Hospital. I think it's a joke to call the Midwest Hospital a centre of excellence. We've had a catastrophic year last year in the numbers at ho- in the hospital, over 18,000 people waiting. The only month where we've ever seen any decrease in our hospital trolley figures going in the other direction down was in January and that was because it was a specific intervention which isn't sustainable but I don't know anybody who would go to the emergency department in the University Hospital of Limerick unless they were advised to go to by the doctor or felt incredibly sick and had no other alternative to go to. But it's overcrowded uh, and that means that uh, there are patients who have been admitted um, who shouldn't be there. They should be in a bed on a hospital ward uh, and we do know that if people uh, you know, spend six, eight, nine hours on a trolley or more and that that can result in reduced patient outcomes as well as um, reduced dignity and privacy. It's, it's not acceptable um, but uh, like I say I think there is a pathway forward. It's not fit for purpose and it cannot serve three counties and I think it's disgraceful that people are left on trolleys People have no dignity in this day and age. It's like a third world country. The reconfiguration that didn't work is the single strongest argument to make for a higher envelope of very significant funding into the Limerick region over and above elsewhere in the country. Otherwise, is a Limerick life worth less than a life elsewhere in the country? Of course it's not. So we have surge open in UHL, um, most of the time, so we use our surgical day ward, we use our short stay surgical unit, we have ward trolleys, and then the other capacity that is available to us, once NS Nina and St John's inpatient beds are full, the only other actual physical structure there is to put a bed in is the day ward in Ennis, the day ward in Nina. John's and indeed if there's a vacant bed in Croom which is an elective hospital I'm afraid of dying here on my own I felt I was left alone that if I had someone in the room with me to talk to it would be an awful lot even better if someone wanted a drink of water or anything there was nobody there to give it uh, the people of this region have had enough when it comes to it. And, and probably the country in general I mean I, I'm only from this region so I, I couldn't speak for everyone but I think everybody's just had enough just some of the many hundreds of voices that we have had on Limerick today over the years as we have focused pretty relentlessly on the difficulties at the emergency department at University Hospital Limerick when it comes to overcrowding and the trolley crisis and even in the last few weeks we've heard very big numbers on trolleys again. Now the Rural Independent Group in the Dáil have had their motion of suggested measures to help tackle the problem accepted by the government and Claire TD Michael McNamara is on the line to talk to us. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Joe. Now, I know one of your proposals, for example, was that St. John's, Ennis and Nina minor injury units would open 24-7 to help alleviate the pressure on the ED at UHL. That was accepted, was it? Will it ever happen, though? I don't know, but I mean, I think it has to happen. Um, and also the medical assessment units that be, you know, increased 24-7. Now, that's easy to say and very difficult to do because it involves a lot of additional staff. 
uh, because obviously it has to be staffed at all times, but it also involves additional beds because you can't have a medical assessment unit open if you've no place to admit people to. The vast majority of patients who are seen in a medical assessment unit, they're referred in by their GPs, are... Uh, are discharged having been treated. They're they're not admitted to hospital. But about 10% of them are. So to run a medical assessment unit properly, you do need to have beds to admit them to. There's a plan about 15 years old at this stage to build. uh, There were two wings proposed for Innes Hospital. One was built about 15 years ago. One wasn't. It's still sitting there. Um, I I know that there are ambitious plans to expand uh, St. John's. There are uh, ambitious plans for Nina. But, you know, uh, going back to the, the, the clips that you played at the start, it is about having alternative places for people to go because if you're sick at night in the Midwest, anywhere in the Midwest, we know that there's less and less GP cover at night. It's difficult to get a GP, etc. So realistically, the only option available for a large cohort of the population if they fall sick at night time or if they have an accident at night time is to go into the A&E. And that's it's not the only problem. It's very far from the only solution, but it's part of the problem. And I think we need to look at, at sort of chipping away at this bit by bit and, and dealing with the, the problem incrementally. So yeah, because, I mean, for example, you and your colleagues in this private member's motion mm-hmm. accepted by the government made a point about the delivery of an electronic health system to replace paper-based health records without further delay. Hard to believe that in 2023, it's primarily still a paper-based system. Well, I mean, I I made the point that, you know, we have cutting-edge technology in Ireland. We're involved in, you know, at the very cutting edge of research and development. We have people from all over the world coming here to work in research and development in Intel and lots of different companies. And if they fall ill in Ireland they're going to be treated with an almost exclusively paper-based system. And, you know, that, that slows down things because if, if I, I made the point that if I fell ill on, on Monday night, I'd be treated in either Ennis or, or um, Limerick, depending on the time uh, that I fell ill. But if it was Tuesday night and I happened to be in Dublin, to be in Dublin, and if I was unconscious or uh, unable to communicate properly, uh, doctors would have no idea on Tuesday what treatment I had received the previous day in another part of the... Uh, a very small state. Um, Isn't that uh, extraordinary when you think about it? Or even more problematically, if you're, if you're, it, it, it doesn't. I mean, obviously the records travel with you if you're, if you're moved from um, Duradoyle out to um, Innes or Nina or moved, transferred down to St John's. Your records travel with you, but it undoubtedly does complicate matters because, you, you know, you have physical records travelling with people, etc., as opposed to just having it all available on a computer, which many, but not all, states in the world have at this stage. So, I mean, it is something that urgently needs to be addressed. And, I mean, the other part of the motion was, and I'm not saying that that this is a magic bullet or these are the solutions. Very far from it, but the government... Uh, we believe they're part of the solution, albeit, you know, and I'm not saying they're all of the solution, far from it, but the government accepted they're part of the solution. That's that you have people, some nursing homes, particularly HSE-run ones, have a, a medical officer. So you have, it's often, a, it's almost always a, a local GP who's responsible for the care of everybody in that nursing home. Many others don't. So you have people in nursing, you could have 25 uh, patients um in a nursing home and they could be under the care of 15 different GPs from across the country some of them 40-50 miles away 
which complicates matters if there's an outbreak of something like we saw during COVID, but even for the treatment of that patient, um, the safest, like the nursing homes have too, everybody will, of course, err on the side of caution. So the safest thing will be to send a, a sick patient to hospital where they're, they're elderly, they're frail, the last place they want to be is in the A&E in Limerick, but they're sent in there because sometimes because there's nobody to see them or nobody to make a decision on what needs to be done with them. The other thing is we have primary care teams that are established all over the country and increasing numbers of them are being established, but they typically don't access nursing homes, so they won't treat people in nursing homes, which means they have to go elsewhere, maybe the A&E to be right. treated, and they don't treat them after they come home either, and all okay. these are... are and, 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 and the thing is, we're talking to Deputy Michael McNamara, Clare TD, about this motion that he and the other rural independents put down. Most people listening to us this morning, unfortunately, will think, well, those two are utterly deluded. This situation is so embedded at this point that there is no solution. And we are going to have to live with these sort of numbers, the kind of numbers we're seeing in going into the summer period. No, it's absolutely extraordinary stuff. And we, nobody believes, unfortunately, I think this is just a reality of life, whether we like it or not. Most people listening this morning are saying, what are you wasting your time, lads, and your breath on? Well, firstly, I, I, I said that's the reason we brought it up is because this has attention has to be brought to bear in this during the summer months when work can be done rather than start to... But it won't. Ameri- I'm, I'm sorry now, but this really frustrates me. Every single year, it's exactly the same pattern. There's discussion around it. Um, we as a radio station, look at us, we're covering it in May, but the majority of the media focus goes completely off of this. Going into the winter time, we hit January, there are people weeping and gnashing of teeth, pulling out of hair. Well, I don't have the hair to pull out, but those who do have all of that. We go on and on about this is going to happen, that's going to happen, radical plans, move it forward, do this. Here we are in May, it's all gone quiet again, and we know we're going to come across exactly the same problem this winter. It's just, it's just, un- it's Groundhog Day in its most extreme form. It is, Joe, I mean, I hear your frustration, I feel it myself, and, uh, you know, and I've experienced it with my own family members, with my friends and my constituents, and people are afraid to, to be brought to, to the A&E, but that's why we need to keep the focus on at this time of the year to make sure that that, that it is uh, dealt with. Because I, I do believe that things can improve. I mean, in that, that hospital or in any facet of society, if we, if we focus our attention on it, I do... But where's the evidence, Michael, that it has? Where is the evidence well, that uh, it has? Joe, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm not in government. I'm not. No, I'm not saying you are, but I'm asking you: Can you point to any evidence where it's it has? Because we've heard this back and forth for the last decade. The only evidence that I can point to is increasing numbers that are being recruited in Limerick. But, but as I made to, as a point I made to the minister is, I accept that you're trying, minister. I accept that you're recruiting, increasing numbers of people, but I don't accept that it's having an effect because the waiting lists. Uh, are not lengthening as quickly as they were, but they're not reducing as fast as the government is saying that they will be reduced. And the trolleys are saying the trolley numbers are staying up. But like, if we just throw our hands in the air and walk away and wait for the next calamity next Christmas, I believe that I'd be doing a disservice to the people who elected me and to the people of the Midwest more broadly. I think a focus needs to be maintained on this. That's all I can do as one TD of 160 um, in the Dáil is to maintain a focus on this because for me it is one of the most important issues in this part of the state. We talk a lot about a republic, we, the contribution of this part of the 
the state, Limerick and Clare in fighting for that republic, in fighting the civil war, that the awful civil war that followed it. But like part of the being in a republic is having equality, and there is a difference of treatment. If you happen to be born in Clare or Limerick, you will receive a different level of medical care than if you're born in, and live in Dublin, and that's not right in any republic. No, uh, but, no, it isn't. But all I, I, can, I, all I, I don't think do, any any rational person would suggest that it is. But but, but can, I, can, I, can I ask you very simply, do you believe that this coming winter will be better than the winter before? That there will actually be evidence of genuine progress on this front? No. But I do believe that we can make sure that a winter in 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 three or four years' time is better than last winter. Uh, that's uh, that's. I mean, I don't believe that you can turn around a, a ship as quickly as, as we need to. Uh, that's been going in the wrong direction for a long time. The only but difficulty I, I have with that, Michael, I, th- I think you know that's a rational response. But my only difficulty with it is we can pull up tapes from four years ago where people, not you, but others, were saying exactly the same thing. Oh, no, it won't be better for this winter, but three or four years will be better. No, I said it can be better. It, it oh, you can. can. Be so, so it's not even a question of it, it but, will. Joe, it I could. mean, all I can do is keep no, pressure I, I, on. I, I understand that. I, I really do, Michael. I'm not, I appreciate you're not in government. I understand you put the motion but even down. But even, you know, even if I was a government backbencher, I mean, there is a limit to what they can do. I mean, I'm not certain saying it's those government backbenchers vote them out and things will get better overnight. It, it, it's not that simple, but we do need to address systemic problems. I, I think Stephen Donnelly, having been distracted by COVID, I think he's, he, he, he is at least trying to bring innovation to the system. But like one of the big problems is there's a whole lot of positions in Limerick now that have been advertised and re-advertised and re-advertised for 12 months and they can't get somebody to fill it because I think there's a problem with the hospital, there's a problem with morale, and it's reached a level that it's not the number one hospital that a lot of people want to work in. And we need to, as a region, as a community, we need to figure out how we address that, because that's not, you know, throwing all the money at it won't solve the problems if you can't get people to work there. We know that the, the enormous pressures that nurses and doctors there work under, uh, pressures that they don't have to work under in other parts of the state, much less if they leave the state. So, you know, it is something that we can get as annoyed as we want, we can get exasperated. And believe me, I've been really annoyed, I've been really exasperated, I've been in there wanting to... to, 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 to headbutt a wall with annoyance with how family members were treated. I know what it's like. It's awful. But all I can do is bring attention to bear and shout at the government, beg the government, get on my knees to the government, want to headbutt the government at times. But all I can do is bring attention to bear. And I think if we all do that consistently, it has to get better. Because, like, why do we have... We we can't accept. We just can't... sort of throw our hands in the air and say look we have a worse health care system in this part of the country than any other for no good reason okay. and we're not going to do anything uh, about it okay well let's let's finish on that relatively positive note and thank you very much for your contribution this morning we'll certainly be talking to you and to many others about this again because it is something that we are determined to focus on as we have promised over the years on an ongoing basis as we understand completely how important it is to many listeners and it's Claire Independent TD Michael McNamara Your views, your news, your Limerick Today 